Hi, you're listening to Thoughtcast, a leadership podcast brought to you by Communications Committee at SPJIMR. A very warm welcome to all those tuning in to this episode of the Leadership Podcast. We have a very special guest on board with us today, Ms. Payal Nanjiani, who is a globally acclaimed top leadership coach. She has transformed over a million lives and has helped organizations grow, transform, and succeed. She has created a niche for herself, both in the United States and in India, in a career spanning over 20 years. In fact, she's been the only woman from India to have thrived in a male-dominated environment in the U.S. Her unique experience of getting to know the inner side of top leaders is something only a few can experience. And we are indeed very privileged here to hear those uh, secret sauce, as you may say, or, you know, what goes behind making an extraordinary leader. Apart from being a speaker, writer, coach, and a mentor, uh, Ms. Pyle has, in fact, impacted several lives, both personally and professionally across the globe. She has about three books to her credit, and I understand the fourth one is also in the offing. Her books are titled, and they're interesting for us to understand them. One is Success is Within, Achieve Unstoppable Success in Any Economy, and Win the Leadership Game Every Time. My name is Sushmita Srivastava. I'm a faculty in the area of Organization and Leadership Studies, and I have great pleasure in welcoming you, Payal, on behalf of the entire SPGIMR family. And we hope this podcast would bring in those unique perspectives that will help shape leaders of tomorrow. So thank you very much, Pyle, for being here. And uh, uh, I hope you're good to go. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sushmita, for this warm welcome and the kind words of introduction. It's an honor to be here and be a part of this podcast. I think as a, uh, as an institution, you all are doing great work in putting something like this together. Yeah, thank you, Pyle. A lot of credit to our students who are steering this for us. Uh, the first question that I had from our side is if you could tell us a little bit uh, behind, you know, your personal motivation of becoming an executive coach. What has been your personal journey uh, over the years? So um, I'll, I'll just take you very quickly back. Uh, I was working in corporate America. And uh, then after that, in the year of uh, 2008, I stepped out of corporate America to do what I am doing. And one of the biggest reasons of doing that, Sushmita, was because I was seeing that there is a huge gap in the uh, in companies when it came to trainings and uh, of the senior leaders. And what I noticed, Sushmita, was that the senior leaders were getting enough trainings but there was no change in their results and the reason that was because uh, uh, you know nobody was focusing on their uh, uh, on their self-development nobody was focusing on transformation and, and the higher up you go on the ladder the more you want to be transformed the way more you want to work on yourself so i think somewhere where i saw that gap is when i started this entire success within uh, coaching uh, phenomena in uh, in the united states and i think in the year of 2016 uh, it was also featured on the fox 50 news channel in the us because of the transformation that it was creating in the in the people 
And apart from that, um, I'm a mother of two grown-up daughters. And that's where personal and professional life is taking a balance. Wow, that's that's really amazing. Uh, so, Payal, if you could tell us a little bit about the process of coaching. What does it entail? And, you know, that leads to this transformation journey that, uh, you know, the executives undertake. So, if you could give us some insights of what really goes during this process and uh, what can we learn from it? Sure, uh, Sushmita. So, I don't know about other coaches, but if I were to speak about my coaching process, so uh, like I said, it's the transformation of success within coaching program. And the entire focus is to help you develop your inner leader and become the best version of yourself. So my job basically is to help you engage your power and potential for greater impact and to help you make that meaningful and lasting changes. So uh, I will, uh, so if you ask about the process of the uh, coaching, it it's basically something that is not like lifelong because I don't believe that you have to keep coaching for more than a year or two years. It's an eight month process that you work with me on. There is, there is a lot of shadow coaching. There is a lot of uh, work that goes into your uh, uh, into your self-development, but it starts with one introduction call that I need to have with you because, uh, you know, Sushmita, it's not about uh, just coaching the person. It is about knowing if the person is coachable. We have a lot of people, Sushmita, who are absolutely not coachable. And uh, that entire process begins with that introduction and ends with the eight-month uh, program with me. Right. Thank you so much. In fact, uh, you know, you in fact preempted even the next question that I was just going to ask you that it is, that since not all leaders are coachable, then uh, can you tell us what differentiates those leaders who are coachable from those who are not? Oh, yeah, I have I have encountered quite a few of them, Sushmita. I'll give you one example. Um, so very recently, I was uh, asked to coach the vice president of this very well-known IT company and his managing director, he had appointed me to coach him. And uh, before we started the process, like I said, I do this introduction round and that's exactly where I was. He wasn't open to speaking about himself. And when with a lot of digging in, when he finally did start speaking about himself, the only thing that came to his mind was what all he was good at or what all he is good at. And, you know, if there were any types of blind spots, it was like, oh, yeah, but this is this is completely fine. I can always overcome this. So I think these what happens is when you have people who are not coachable, I don't mean to say that nobody can coach them. What I mean to say here is that there are internal challenges that make a significant hurdle in the way of their coaching. So a person like this, you know, who is always talking about himself and uh, feels that I, I, I'm, I'm good at what I am doing and whatever is needs to be picked up, I'll just, I, I'll just work, it, work on it on my own. I think throughout, I helped him to uncover his own intrinsic motivation to change. Uh, in, in other words, I would say that it is very important that people who we feel are not coachable we have to find a reason that they would want to change their behavior, even if they were not getting pressure to change. So uh, I can I can 
so, so there, are, there are a couple of types of peoples we divide them into when, when we are coaching them. One of them is I, you know, people who say, I can't learn more now. They put their hands up and they are like, I cannot change now. I cannot learn now. And why are you even here? You must, you know, you must be because my team must have complained to you or my boss must have complained to you. Then we have the second category who would be like, um, I can learn and I can change. Okay, and they are the ones who would look at me and say, oh, I'm so glad you are here. I know I have some rough edges. I have some blind spots and I need some improvement in the way I communicate to my staff. Uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about and I want to get right to the work. So these are the types of people who are excited to bring the change. And, and then we have the third category, which I find a lot here in India from the time I've come here. Now, this is a category that says, I I just can't be bad. I, I, I can't be bad. So they're the ones who shy away. For them, it's like a hush-hush things, you know, that something's wrong with me. That's why I have a coach and they don't want to tell the world about it. They feel that, uh, you know, they, they start feeling more dejected, rejected and demotivated that you have a coach. And I see a lot of this in India, The you know, uh, because coaching is still picking up here, Sushmita. It's at a very... Uh, early stages it's not a mature market yet but at the same time you know if you're going to hide behind those bricks if you're going to push things under the carpet you're going to be the one who says oh I can't be bad you know if, if I have a coach that means I'm bad so keeping these things in mind you asked about the qualities right so what comes to my mind on top Kushmita is that uh, Coachable leaders, if I'm just thinking straight right now, coachable leaders, they are the ones who welcome feedback and advice from everyone around them. They are just so open. And and, and this is something, uh, you know, Sushmita, it's not just for the working people in the workforce, like students. How many of us welcome feedback and advice from our teachers, from our deans, from our uh, uh, fellow students? Uh, second is they know where they're that they know that there is scope for improvement they're always wanting to improve on themselves and i think this is one of the greatest qualities not only for coaching but for a leader um, you know Absolutely. whether it is the students or whether it is you me i have always believed uh, sushmita that uh, there is always space for improvement there is no one who can say i have done it all <laughs> right so um, then there are these people, uh, when you say that, how do we distinguish them, the qualities, they are always willing to work on themselves and take action. Many of us, we hear motivation speeches, we hear these motivational talks, we feel so excited, we feel we can conquer the world, but we really don't take any actions, you know, we don't uh, want to improve ourselves and take that next action. So I think these three qualities put together can make anyone coachable just anybody absolutely Payal. I, I couldn't agree more so the humbleness to feedback openness to uh, receiving uh, you know uh, you know constructive feedback is certainly very important and i'm sure that you know this is the capacity our students are going to build in themselves uh, because if you are coached well they say that you know your productivity can increase more than four times as opposed to any other form of uh, development so there's huge potential in the, in coaching, uh, provided you know uh, people become open and receptive to feedback. And I think you brought it out so well for us. 
the other thing that uh, you know our students are very keen to know and that they often hear people say that you know it's very lonely at the top you know as you move up in the organization is not only is it lonely you become vulnerable to uh, ma- various decision dilemmas where you really do not know what to do and then you don't have a support system at the top now uh, considering that this is a phenomena how do students today prepare themselves for a situation or a likelihood of such things happening to them in the future so can, how can they preempt that you know uh, this vulnerability and this loneliness what should they do uh, in building their resilience so that they don't encounter such a situation i think that's a wonderful question sushmita and um, when you're asking this what is coming to my mind is my own uh, uh career story where you know at the i think this was very early on in my career where i was working and uh, uh i had become the manager like the head of the department and as i was up there i want i know i had heard that you should always promote your people so i was up there and i was telling my people hey you know what you need to come here this is how you come here i was giving them the steps i was giving them all the action plans that they should do and i was doing everything that they should also grow in their career but nothing of that happened and and when my performance appraisal happened in that year i remember it was it was just at expectation whereas in my role it should have been beyond expectations and uh, the reason that they said it was only at expectation was because my team was not with me and i was wondering what wrong am i doing because i was like i am doing everything to tell them exactly how to come up there and i remember i was so dejected uh, and i had to fly to dallas uh, from my home in north carolina i had to fly to dallas for some work and even in the in in the flight i my entire thing was like what wrong am i doing that my people are not growing and i'm not getting a great performance appraisal and they are not moving up with me and uh, in dallas um, uh, you know one evening i was uh, at uh, at the starbucks uh, over there and i was just looking at these uh, you know at the counter these um, the staff they were so jovial so happy so enthusiastic about what they are doing and i was wondering you know that how can someone be so happy selling you know coffee uh, and uh, while it was my turn to order and i was ordering my uh, java chip frappuccino that's my favorite one and um, i remember asking one of these um, uh, staff there i said so do you work here the full day she said yes my shift is going to get over at 9 o'clock i'm here since morning 9 i said wow there must be something up here that you are so happy and you're serving everyone and she said oh this is just the environment that we are in and then she told me she introduced me to the manager who was there at the ground level with them working with them and he does this very often he comes da- comes down to every starbucks in that area because he's the regional head he comes down there he you know stands with his people sells the coffee with them and, and the, the entire environment is so enthusiastic and that's when i realized what mistake i was doing what i was doing was i had reached the top and i'm standing up there at the mountain top and telling the people hey you know what this is how you come up come up i'm 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 here for you just come up you know it's 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 great up here but what this manager this regional head taught me was you have to get off the mountain cliff you have to go down you have to hold hands with your people you have to show them the way and you have to go down to their level hold hands and walk that mountain top again 
And that's exactly, and I was so excited. I cannot be more excited to have gone back to work in North Carolina, take that flight back from Dallas to home, North Carolina, and get to work. And I remember being so excited because I just had that aha moment. You know, it was like an enlightenment when I saw him. And that's the mistake I was doing. I had to rectify it. I decided that every time there is something, I am going to go down to the level of my people and walk that path up the mountain again with them. And I think this is a mistake many leaders do. And that's the reason we are alone at the top. We reach up there and then we take the burden that all the decision is ours. We have to do everything. We have to be perfect. We have to make sure that everything aligns. Not really, not really. You have to take your people with you. And I can assure you, I have seen leaders where when they take their people up there with them, they are not lonely up there. So being lonely up is not a, it, it's not a, you know, a complete hundred percent. If you have built that network, if you have built that support system, if you have taken your people with you to the top, if you do not take that burden on you to make all the decisions, you're not going to be lonely at the top. You're going to, in fact, have a lot of support and cheerleading from people. Wow, what a wonderful answer that was, Payal. And I think uh, it was almost, I would picturize the whole thing in my mind while you were speaking. And I'm sure this has amazing lessons for our students. Uh, going forward, Payal, uh, there are some concerns, uh, you know, with our uh, most people in the organization that, uh, you know, when you have a coach or a mentor, uh, you tend to get very close and that personal relationship becomes so intense at times that you the line between professional growth and personal favors gets diluted. Hmm. And uh, that's where, you know, a lot of apprehensions develop in their mind that should I cross the line? Should I ask for personal favors? Can I get a better job opportunity because my mentor or a coach is somebody high up in the organization? So our students are always, you know, in this dilemma that where should they draw a line? Uh, if you could kindly help them understand this. So I think, yeah, in a coaching or a mentoring relationship, you do uh, build great connection. It gets personalized. In fact, a lot of my coaching clients, I know so much about them. I know uh, you know, the families and and just about everything and not only just coaching because I work very closely with companies offering them these, uh, uh, you know, what do you call workshops and trainings that also builds a relation because with a certain company I'm working for eight months, nine months. I think um, it's all about sharing, not taking. So the more you think, if, if you think it in a way that, you know, oh, you know, I have to draw a line because it's for my personal gain, you're thinking about taking. But if you think about sharing, so it's not about, it, it's a lot to do with forming the trust and helping one another towards their goals. So when you are regularly engaging with your mentor or with your coach, uh, and you are, like you said, you are constantly in touch with them, rather than only thinking of taking, what have you done for them? Now, you know, someone might say, okay, you know what, Payal, they're already the CEO of the company. They're already the MDs and they are coaching and mentoring me. What am I supposed to give them? Well, a lot. Not everybody knows everything. So as a student, you might have come across a, a fabulous news, a great article, a great uh, piece of read. 
have you ever taken the effort to forward it to your coach or your mentor and say hey you know what that day we were discussing about this and i came across this piece of article thought of sharing it with you so that we can discuss about it would love to know your thoughts that's one second is um, you know have you have you reached out to other colleges or to your own college or in what way have you referred them they also are in the market they want to be seen they want to be heard have you referred them to any podcast have you referred them to any conferences to any other colleges what have you done for them so i think if you think about sharing and not just taking then that dilemma is not then you don't have that consciousness that says oh you know i need to draw a line some somewhere because um, i think um, by doing this you're sowing the seeds of reciprocal assistance that's what we call it reciprocal assistance and um, in fact you're referring them you're connecting them and don't keep a score absolutely don't keep a score that you know oh i have already asked for one favor or i have already done one time for them now it should be one on one i know people sushmita who connect with me on linkedin or in person and during these sessions or they would come for a book autograph or to take a picture with me to post it on their social media they haven't kept with me and then one fine day they will reach out with a typical message and that message is something like this that hey pyle you you know we met at so and so place you are extremely well connected globally can you please help me blah 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 you know it goes like this now i am thinking i don't know where i met with you because every day i'm speaking somewhere on some stage or doing something with the students or the company so i might not remember where in the world did i meet with you because i'm traveling around everywhere so if you would keep with me that relationship from the start you would not just connect and leave that connection i think you know you have to treat every connection that you build with a coach or mentor or with any networking you have to think of it like a seed that you have planted you have to water it nourish it it needs sunlight it needs air are you willing to give that time to it and when you do that i assure you you're not going to feel that i need to draw a line somewhere you're going to feel it's a mutual reciprocation you're going to feel like friends with people who you connect and and i'm talking this out of experience sushmita amazing i think this is very very useful lesson for our students who often have to connect with alumni network with various ceos of companies so i think this is a very valuable message for them that they need to continue and maintain continuity in their relationship and not just have it one off else it might get right. very embarrassing when you know you just write to them uh, all of a sudden so i right. truly appreciate this uh, you know advice from you and i'm sure uh, they will all benefit from it so two connected questions arising out of uh, this uh, you know explanation which you have so beautifully given is that what should uh, you know our future managers uh, look out in a coach or a mentor what qualities should they how should they select uh, a coach for themselves uh, given a chance uh, i think two things one is before selecting a mentor and i like the question that we should be in charge of selecting the mentor or the coach and i think one of the biggest things you can do is ask questions instead of uh, just you know and and ask questions which will support your goal that supports your uh, uh, growth and uh, that's one of the best ways to to select 
see qualities one of the biggest qualities that you would want to look at is listening and when i say listening it's you know i've been um, uh, uh, teaching uh, some students uh, this year and uh, one of the things i told them i said see if you read the biography of nelson mandela uh, in one of the chapters he has written that how he used to go with his father uh, to this uh, village Uh, meetings and his father was the head of the committee so he noticed two things one he noticed was that his father would make everyone sit in a circle so that everyone could look at each other and have eye communication which is so important and the second biggest thing that he noticed was that his father often spoke last in these meetings which means he gave everybody an opportunity to first talk their minds out and then he would talk his mind out so if you are speaking with a mentor with a coach you must observe how well they listen and when i say listen i mean they are not framing their answers to suit you they are in the moment they are they are with you they are picking up the critical aspects of what you are asking they allow you to speak your mind out first they don't just cut you off and say hey i know the answer to it let me handle it they in fact will encourage you to come out with the answers they will provoke you they will help you to reflect they will not give you the answers i have never given answers to anybody in my coaching sessions whether it has been uh, whether i teach in uh, uh, colleges uh, to the students or whether i am uh, coaching these executives i want them to think i want them to expand their mind horizon so these are few things you could look out for when you are actually trying to have a mentor or a coach for yourself i don't know if that makes sense but absolutely in short absolutely. that would be the crucial aspects i would say absolutely and i think this will be a constant uh, you know reminder to our students to look out for when they get an opportunity to select their own coaches and mentors yeah and i think sushmita i want to add one more thing to this is um the respect how much do they respect you for who you are at this moment you might not be the ceo right now you might not be the a big entrepreneur right now at the level at which you are how much respect do they have for you i think that is something uh, it's a non negotiable for me absolutely absolutely bail in fact uh, you know uh, another thing that really is related to this one is that uh, our students maybe 5 years or 6 years down the line would themselves be looking out for a career coach for themselves and at that time you know these suggestions will be very handy to them uh, in fact i would still want to extend this question by asking that uh, what would be those signals triggers or experiences that our students would go through which will warrant that they should look out for a coach or engage in a coaching conversation so what would those typical triggers be like that would tell them that hey look now it's time for me to look out for a career coach so i think sushmita honestly there is no trigger as such in fact uh, i'll tell you something the later that you hire a coach the more rigid your mind becomes right so i'll 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 give you um, some real life instances here also that come to my mind so there is uh, i i'll just sh- change the name so there is this uh, person sanjay who is a high achieving leader at a technology company who graduated from some ivy league university and he was recently promoted to the ceo role 
and this is very much in India. And despite his achievements and obvious aptitudes, Sanjay worries that he needs to be more knowledgeable to lead the organization. He constantly is self-sabotaging himself, lacks the confidence. Uh, he leads with stress and because of which he is facing so much of insomnia. And the reason I know is because they are my clients. Uh, then there is uh, Maria, who is an accomplished CEO, um, sorry, an accomplished executive in a uh, advertising firm in Las Vegas. And again, she, if you see, her life now is all about traveling in private jets, being alone for most of the time and having to deliver the results to her external shareholders. Now, these days, in fact, very recently when I was with her in her private jet, she has so much of tension in her body. You know, it just causes her to get more irritated at the slightest issues and make irrational decisions. Not to mention that she's also gone into some unethical company behaviors that she's been accused of and she's always rude to people. Now, if you think about it, what do you think is happening here? These are high potential leaders who were promoted because of their skills and now they are not able to deliver outstanding results. So, and they have the expertise, okay? They have the expertise, they have the skill, but they are working in stress. They are unable to reach their potential. So what we have noticed is that the higher up you go in the organization, the more rigid you become. And then when you wait for the coaching to happen, I'm not saying it's late, but it does take time to transform that mindset. So I would say, you need to invest in the coach when you feel that you are ready to move ahead. You want to bring some changes in you. See, coaching uh, Sushmita early on in the years, we was to hear only in the sports field, right? Sport yes. coaches. But now it is, it's, it's, it's a part of the company. So I think rather than waiting that there will be some trigger point and at that time I will go in for a coach, you need to start you need to start that process very early on. Like uh, there are many coaches who, who might be working with uh, with beginners in the companies. Like 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 I work with senior leaders and C-suite. I'm very sure there are many coaches who work with people at the beginning of their career. And I think if you can find them, it's, it's amazing to get that journey started. Very amazing to get that journey started because you never know at what point of time would you get lost in the weeds, you know, and then you lose sight of the big picture and you quickly get demotivated. And when you work with coaches early on, it will give you an opportunity to talk through your challenges, bring about these early on changes and then see how your growth is happening. So I think there is not to wait for any trigger point as such. Absolutely. I think uh, there's a lot of merit in what you're really saying here that, you know, it should become a part of uh, the DNA of an organization, you know, where people start behaving and conversing like a coach and a mentor, uh, you know, all the time and not really wait for an occasion for a coach to be assigned or, you know, to be uh, right. upon. So I really, I really get that. In fact, they say that, you know, leaders of tomorrow uh, have to be better coaches and mentors. And uh, this is a kind of a job description which will not be spelt out, but uh, is, it is a role that will be expected uh, for each one of them to play. So what? Yeah, absolutely, you absolutely. Because you know, like they say, leaders are the ones who have to see more than others. Uh, they are the ones who have, uh, you know, they are, they are the ones who have to reach out in terms of strate strategy and vision. So they have to see more than others. So always lead by faith, not by sight. 
absolutely what a what a what a well said quote in fact you have always maintained that you know leadership begins and ends with you <laughs> and uh, yes and, uh, one cannot always look outside but look inwards and i think whatever we have discussed clearly says that there's a need for greater introspection uh, in our own leadership journey so i think it's been really wonderful talking to you pile uh, what amazing stories and uh, insights uh, you have provided us i'm sure this conversation will go a long way uh, in uh, understanding uh, you know the nuances of uh, coaching uh, others in the organization so on all our behalf here uh, a very big thank you to you a pleasure talking to you and hope to see you soon on our campus thank you so much pile thank you so much sushmita and to your entire uh, student committee and the teams who have put this together it has been a wonderful opportunity to connect with you and talk with you and this is a great work that all of you are doing so i am really really proud to be one amongst you all in this thank you so much thank you pail bye bye You were listening to Thoughtcast, a leadership podcast brought to you by Communications Committee at SPJIMR.